Hi, this is Pastor Greg Ryan of Faith Bible Church in Mechanicsville, Maryland, coming at you with my weekly podcast, So I Was Reading. In it, I'll share my observations and applications on something I read in God's Word this week, and I hope and pray that these thoughts will bless you in some way as we delve into the Word together and pray about what we've learned. Let's dive right in. So I was reading Psalms 10, and it's amazing how often what I read immediately reminds me of what's going on around me. It's almost like it's almost like God knew ahead of time. All right, now before I go further, if you don't know me personally, sometimes I state the obvious like it's some deep mystery or revelation like just now. Of course God knew ahead of time. Our universe consists of both space and time, so when God created it, he created all space and all time in an instant. We see the passage of time because we, as part of the universe, are bound by both space and time. God is not. So when we see the seven days of creation, we see them sequentially from our perspective. God created them simultaneously from beyond the bounds of time, but his perspective is way different than ours. And now that's a big topic, a long discussion, so I'll leave that for another venue than just a short podcast. Now back to it. God rendered certain ahead of time what would happen in our time and in the end times, which, for all we know, we are in, and sometimes he inspired the writers of Scripture to foreshadow these times, and I see that a bit here. To show what I mean, I'm going to read all of Psalm 10 from the CSB with some ESV interjections, but before we do, let's again speak to the author. So, Lord God, thank you again for giving us your word to reveal yourself and your ways to us, your children. Guide our understanding as we peer into that word and allow it to to penetrate our hearts and minds to guide our walk with you, which I hope will be an even better walk after your lesson for us today. In Christ's name, amen. Psalm 10. Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked relentlessly pursue their victims. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked one boasts about his own cravings. The one who is greedy curses and despises the Lord. In all his scheming, the wicked person arrogantly thinks there's no accountability since there's no God. His ways are always secure or ESV prosperous. Your lofty judgments have no effect on him. He scoffs at all his adversaries. He says to himself, I will never be moved. From generation to generation, I will be without calamity. Cursing, deceit, and violence fill his mouth. Trouble and malice are under his tongue. He waits in ambush near settlements. He kills the innocent in secret places. His eyes are on the lookout for the helpless. He lurks in secret like a lion. In a thicket, he lurks in order to seize a victim. He seizes a victim and drags him in his net. So he, meaning the oppressed or poor or unfortunate or helpless, that's the he here. So he is oppressed and beaten down. Helpless people fall because of the wicked one's strength. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He hides his face and will never see. Rise up, Lord God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the oppressed. Why has the wicked person despised God? He says to himself, you will not demand an account. But you yourself have seen trouble and grief or mischief and vexation, observing it in order to take the matter into your hands. The helpless one entrusts himself to you. 
you are a helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked, evil person, until you look for his wickedness, but it can't be found. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their hearts. You will listen carefully, doing justice for the fatherless and the oppressed, so that mere humans from the earth may terrify them no more. God's patience, first off, is incredible. Okay, he is extremely patient with us. But in these verses, I, I especially focused on verses 13 to 16. Uh, the why has the wicked person despised God question to answer the Lord is king forever. The nations will perish from his land. There's definitely some apocalyptic stuff in here, uh, but it's also important to us now to recognize what's happening. I look around and I see that what's described here is exactly where our nation is today. This could very well be a contemporary condemnation on our land and a, and a warning as to what is soon to come. Unfortunately, unless Jesus is about to come to take us all home via the rapture, when all this goes down, even his followers will suffer some consequences of a, quote, nation perishing from the land. When a corrupt nation goes, even those being liberated from the corruption and oppression sometimes also pay a pretty stiff price. I'm reminded of the words of the minor prophets. We recently did a Bible study at my house on this, um, who often tell righteous people living in Judah or Israel to get ready because they will go through the same stuff as the unrighteous when God finally does pour out his wrath on their nations. He assures them that, that many of them will become the remnant that keeps the family of Israel from being wiped out, but he will have mercy on them after the nation, the political entity of Israel and Judah, get destroyed. But it's in this suffering, this, this doom of a nation that results in the removal of the oppression, the corruption. Not always, but many times. Sometimes one tyrant is merely replaced by another tyrant, but that's um, often so that verse 14 says, you yourself, meaning God, have seen trouble and grief or mischief and vexation, as I said in this part, observing it in order to take the matter into your hands. Okay, this is so that this that can be carried out on two or more nations rather than just on one nation. And then only after God takes matters into his hands, when his patience is gone, no longer willing to offer the oppressor this opportunity to repent because they stopped taking the offer to avoid calamity, um, you know, if they just repented, um, then will verse 18, more humans from the earth will terrify them, the faithful oppressed, no more. When God has finished pouring out his wrath, man will no longer terrify other men, and men, consequently, will no longer be terrified of other men. I entitled this observation, uh, What's My Role in the Battle? Because no one just sits by unaffected by what's happening in our world. Don't fool yourself. There's no such thing as a victimless crime, or in this sense, a victimless sin. I need to stand in the face of this anti-truth onslaught and actually do something. James 2, 15 to 17 says, If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? 
In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. Likewise, I can sit and complain about the way the world's going, about how my country's going, how my state and county and neighborhood is going, and put myself in this little bubble of like-minded people who can verify my complaints and offer complaints of their own. But I need to be aware that there's a whole world out there pressing in on that bubble. And at some point, all that pressure will cause that bubble to burst. And then, as they say, the whole world will come crashing in on you. Will you be able to stand then? Will you still be around when God's patient finally does dry up? Or will you be swept away and have to wait for the last time that God pours out his wrath? The time covered swimmingly, by the way, um, in the book of Revelation. I know personally I need to get cracking. I'm doing this, this podcast, but I know I can do more. I know I can say more. I know I can write more. I know that I can do and say and write more to warn people about the dangers of our current path. And yes, it is our path because I'm going down the path with them. Sometimes on my own. But sometimes, you know, just being carried along by the current. I need to fight that current, though. Because I don't like where that current is taking me and taking us. So what about you? What skills and talents has God given you that you can use to push back against the tide? On what issues can you take a stand and articulate clearly, whether with words or with your actions, the reality of the situation that we as a people are in? Where can you display the love of Christ to a world that's rejected him? What is your role in this battle against darkness? Lord Jesus, please guide me in what I am to do according to what you have shown me through your word today. Help me find the strength and motivation to do your will. And where my strength falls short, please, Holy Spirit, just please, please lend me yours. It's in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. So, thank you all again for joining me. I hope and pray that this in some way has spurred some thought and may, maybe even has blessed you this day. So until next time, I'm waving goodbye to you. So long. So I Was Reading is a ministry of Faith Bible Church of Mechanicsville, Maryland, a non-denominational body of believers bound together by a desire to know the Lord and to reach others with His gospel message. If you are interested to know more about our church, our beliefs, or this podcast, you can contact us at so I was reading at faithbiblemd.org or look us up on the World Wide Web at faithbiblemd.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week in His name.